Good morning, church. Uh, as always, it's an incredible honor and joy to be your pastor and to be here with you this morning. It's, it's a beautiful week. It's been a crazy week for me, but it's been a great one. And I'm just so glad to be here and to, to be serving you as your pastor. Um, I actually had a different way I was going to start my sermon, but with what Josh just shared, it just touched my heart. And hearing that song, uh, you know, part of my story is, you know, like Josh's, my biological father wasn't, wasn't a great father. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was the church that brought me to God. And when I went away, you know, to college, I wept when I left my home church because they had done so much to love me and teach me love. And that really relates to what we're talking to this morning. Because as Moses was looking at the end of his life, and he was about to send the people of Israel into the promised land, he wanted them to remember of the mighty ways that God has acted in in their lives. We have to remember that, church. We have to remember that we are here, we are sitting in this room today because God has acted in powerful and incredible ways that people have loved us. And God has been powerfully active in our lives. And that's why we're sitting here. But the reason we have to say don't forget and pass it on is because as we go on in our faith journey, as we go on in our life and we are wandering through the wildernesses of life, of our lives, we start to forget. We get further and further away from those moments where we feel God in a very clear and present way. And we start to forget. And so we have to tell one another. We have to speak it to one another. We have to share to one another of where we are experiencing God on a daily basis. Because there's days that it's hard for me to follow Jesus. And I need you to tell me about how God is active in your life so I can have faith. And there's going to be days when you're struggling and we can tell you about how God is faithfully living through the church. Don't forget. Pass it on. I was watching The Office with Michelle. We just, we just finished uh, re-watching the series. And, and it's funny, as I you know, get kind of teary up, I can be kind of an emotional person. I'm, I'm tearing up the end of watching this, this silly TV show. But at the end, it's, it's the whole purpose of the show, The Office, is that it's this documentary. Now, why someone would want to make a documentary about a paper show, I mean a paper company, I have no idea. But they're making this documentary about the paper show. And the very last episode is kind of a retrospective back on the life of this the show and on the people in there. And, and the very last person that shares is Pam. <laughs> I'm silly emotional today. Um, <laughs> is Pam, and she's talking about how hard it was for her to watch the show because there were so many moments that if she had just done what she felt like she should do and acted courageously, that her life would have been in a much better place. Well, that's what we're talking about with this Moses situation. As he's gathered all the people, it's like he's, he's reviewing on a documentary all the things that God has done because he knows he's not going to the promised land with them. He knows he's not going to be there to, to remind them about how God has acted. And, and Moses has led these people for 40 years. For 40 years he's led them and he's taught them and he's loved them and he knows he's not going to go into the promised land with them. And so he's reviewing all the things that God has done and he's saying, don't forget. Don't forget that God was the one who who saved you from Egypt, from slavery. Don't forget that God was the one that was guiding you every single day. 
Don't forget that God resides in the tabernacle with you. If you don't forget and you continue to be faithful to the covenant that God has made for you, then you will be precious and a holy nation to God. He's reviewing it like a documentary so that they won't make the, the choices that they're, the previous generation made. Because the previous generation, the Exodus generation, when they got to the promised land after two years, they sent spies into the promised land. And they saw that there were these mighty warriors, these giants, and they were afraid. They did not trust God that God would fight the battle for them. And so God made them wander in the desert for 40 years until the next generation came. And now this is a generation that Moses is talking that wasn't there when the plagues happened, wasn't there when God parted the sea, wasn't there for all of these wonderful things. And so he's telling them, don't forget, you have to pass on these stories because there's going to be a day when you are not going to want to follow God and God's plan for your life. And that's the message for us today, that if we, follow, we trust God and we follow God's commands, then we will find ourselves in the promised land. On the other hand, if we seek after our own path in life, we will find ourselves wandering in the wilderness. So we're called to don't forget and pass it on. Our scripture today is from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. And this is what it says. Now these are the commandments, the regulation and the case laws that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. This is Moses speaking to that second generation. Not the Exodus generation, but the second generation. Commanded me to teach you to follow in the land you are entering to possess, so that you will fear the Lord your God by keeping his regulations and his commandments. And I am commanding you both you and your sons and your daughters, all the days of your life, and so that you will lengthen your life. Listen to them, Israel. Follow them carefully so that the things will go well for you, and so that you will continue to multiply exactly as the Lord, your ancestor God, has promised you in a land full of milk and honey. Israel, listen. Our God is the Lord, only the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your being, and your strength. These words I'm commanding you today must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. Talk about them when you are sitting around your house and when you are out and about and when you are lying down and when you are getting up. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. So Moses, at the end of his life, thinking about his legacy, how he's going to send the people into the promised land, and he's deeply concerned He's deeply concerned that they will not remember the wonderful things that God has done in their life and that they will forget God and they will worship the gods of the people in the promised land rather than serving God. And so as this, these series of sermons, Deuteronomy is a great book. It's one of the most popular books in the Hebrew Scriptures. And it's a great book because it, it calls us to remember and to pass it on. And this is what it calls us to. Start in verse 4. This is... The Shema, this, this is what many Hebrew people talk about as the most important verse in Scripture. Israel, listen, our God is the Lord, only the Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your being and all your strength. You know, this is the, the command that is summing up the first four of the Ten Commandments. There is only one God. And love that God with all your being and all your strength and all your mind. Now this is something I think when we think about it, we say, yeah, of course, David, of course we love God. 
But think about when you first fell in love and the way you pursued that person. Do you pursue God the way you pursued your first love? Think about the time you spend at work and with your family and with people you care about. Do you spend time with God who you say you love the way you spend time with other people that you say you love? A lot of times we have the head knowledge saying that we love God, but do we have the heart knowledge? Do we have the life commitment to love God with all of our strength and all of our being and with all of our mind? Because that is what it's going to take for us to be the people of God, to be a holy nation, a nation of priests, so all the world can know God's mighty works. We were talking in our Bible study this morning that if Christians, there's 1.3 billion Christians in the world, and if Christians just simply served one hour a week and gave what God calls us to give, not just to the church, but to our communities and to disaster relief and to helping other people, all the pain and suffering that we could alleviate in this world. And we do that because we love God. So we should love others. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your being and all your strength? He goes on to say, These words I'm commanding you, it must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. You know, this hits really home for me, and I, I can't say enough to all of our parents in this room that it is your primary duty in life to teach your children about faith and about God and the faithfulness of God more than anything else you do as a parent. And all those other things are incredibly important. Do not get me wrong. All those other things are important. But it pales in comparison with the importance of teaching your children to love God. Most people who are going to follow God for their life choose to do so before their 18th birthday. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't come to faith later in life. But we have a, a call, a requirement as parents. I think of Proverbs 22.6, which tells us that if you teach a child in the way they should go, they will not depart from it when they are old. That doesn't mean they're going to struggle from here, to, here and there. That doesn't mean that at some point in life they might walk away from God. Or not, they're not going to walk away from God. But they will return it. If we do our job as parents... Our children will always return to that faith. And we need to trust God. But church, this isn't just on the parents. The way the Christian church is structured, we are a village, and we are called to raise all the children of the church. That's why we say that in our baptism covenant. Now, you may not be from a a background where you baptize children, but we baptize children in, in, in our understanding, in our Wesleyan tribe, in our Methodist tribe, we baptize children. And we do that because we are literally making a covenant over that child between us, the church, the parents, and God. And all of us are committing to raise those children and teach them about God's love. You know, the rest of the world, the rest of everything we experience will teach your children. The shows they watch will teach your children. Your schools will teach your children. Your friends will teach your children. Them observing the world around them will teach their, your children. We have to make sure their primary message is, one, that God loves them. That two, that two, that we are called to love God and love our neighbors and actually live a holy life. God says, or I mean, Moses says, these words I'm commanding you must always be on your minds. Recite them to your children. 
And then I love this. Talk about this when you're sitting around your house and when you're out and about, when you're lying down and you're getting up. Tie them on your hand as a sign. They should be on your forehead as a symbol. You know, uh, some Hebrew, uh, Orthodox Hebrew Jewish folk will actually tie Scripture to their hands and to their forehead as a visible reminder, as a very literal way of taking the Scripture. But do you talk about God when you're sitting around your house? Do you talk about God when you're with your friends as you're walking around? Is it on your mind? Is your relationship with God on your mind? Are you trying to pursue holiness? Are you trying to pursue God in all that you do? Because there's going to come a time when we are going to struggle, when pain is going to come, when suffering is going to come, when hurt is going to come, and we need, we need a strong and enduring relationship with God through Jesus Christ to endure those moments. So what is it that Moses is reminding them to do? If you go on in Deuteronomy, of course, to love God, to walk in God's ways are some of the things that Moses is telling them to do in Deuteronomy. We actually believe that when we read the words of Jesus and Jesus tells us to do things, that we are supposed to walk in those ways. I've shared the scripture of Micah 6.8, to love justice, to do mercy, and walk humbly with the Lord your God. Are you walking humbly day by day, actually trying to live out what you're being taught? The commands that Jesus has put on your heart? Are you as a family talking about what it means to be a, a family that follows Jesus? This is what we are called to do as the church. We're called to keep the covenant, the covenant that Moses made, the covenant that Jesus made, the new covenant, to follow God through Jesus Christ and to be announcers of the good news because we believe that following God means good news for our life. We believe that it changes us, that it transforms us, that we experience God and we are made new. And we go out to share that wonderful, amazing, good news with those that we meet. Moses specifically mentions loving the stranger. He says, you were once a stranger in a strange land. You were called to love the stranger. Are you loving the stranger? Now that may mean going and knocking on your neighbor's door because you don't know them. We need to be the type of people that are having block parties in our front yard to get to know our neighbors. It may be smiling at the cashier at HEB. It may be getting to know your waiter. It may be going to Houston to serve. It may be helping the homeless person on the side of the road. God says, are you helping the stranger? Are you loving the stranger? Are you loving people who can't necessarily love you back? And and are you loving them not to get something in return because that is what God has called you to do? And the last thing is that we're called to fear and worship God. Now, fear really means something more like respect, but we should be in awe of this God who's so mighty and powerful. That's what it's talking about, is just to realize that while God is present with us and God is here in this room, that God is also incredibly and wonderfully powerful do you fear and worship god do you come to worship every single week do you worship god daily in your life do you do you put on some worship music do you read scripture do you do the things that draw you closer to god our father in heaven so we're called to pass it on to recite these things to our children 
We're called to pass it on and share them with one another. One of the most important reasons that we have life groups is that we can share these God moments. We can share our challenges. We can share what we're learning together. So we have people in our lives that can hold us accountable. This life is a journey, and it's, it can be a difficult road from time to time. So I want to encourage you, every single person sitting in this room, if you're not in a life group, we've got life groups for you to sign up for. Each of these groups wants you to be a part of their group. They want to love you. They want, they want to invite you to be a part of their lives. We've got classes for you. Randy's going to be out there. If you want to learn more about what it means to follow Christ and the commands, then come by Randy's table on the left because we have all sorts of classes over the next three, four months. Whether you're a baby Christian or you know you've been a Christian your whole life and you want to just dig deeper, we've got classes for you no matter where you are in your relationship with God. But dig in. We're called pass it on and don't forget. You know, Moses, as he'd gather the people and before the river Jordan, reminded them that he had been saved out of the river so that God could save them. Don't forget, pass it on. Moses reminded them that God had saved them out of slavery to Egypt and had led them to the promised land. And said, don't forget, pass it on. And he reminded them of the covenant they had made and said, don't forget, pass it on. God is telling us this morning, don't forget, pass it on. And I bet if you think about your life and how you got to the place that you're sitting right here today, you have a faith genealogy. I know for myself, I can think of the Sunday school teachers that poured into me of Jim Gaither and his son Patrick, my friend Gary from college, my college pastor Judy Shema, friends like my buddy Travis, my wife Michelle, these people that have poured into me and make me who I am and part of me standing here today. And you have the same thing. You have a long line, a lineage of people that have led you to this moment. But what's even more amazing is one of the things that they give us on our ordination is they can trace our ordination back to the founder of the Methodist Church, John Wesley, passed down from one bishop to another. And then I was walking into my buddy's office, and he had taken a step further, and he traced it from John Wesley all the way back to Peter. Your faith genealogy goes all the way back to Jesus. But even more than that, your faith genealogy goes back to Moses standing on the River Jordan that day. He's part of our history. You are standing here because Moses stood before the people and told them, don't forget and pass it on. And now we are called as we come into this place, this church, to remember what God has done for us, to don't forget, and to walk outside the walls of these doors and to pass it on. Recite these commands to our children Recite these things to the people we meet at work, at gas stations, at the grocery store, on mission. Because I guarantee the world is a better place because of what Jesus has done and what God has done in your life and what God wants to do through the church. In the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.